0: My message today has absolutely nothing to do with quarantine or COVID-19 or anything that we're going through. It's just a bit of a deep dive on the very first miracle that was ever performed in the New Testament. Anybody? I'll give you a second. It was the wedding at Cana, correct, if you yelled that out. It comes from the Gospel of John in the second chapter. And so what I'm going to do is just read the whole story through and then we're going to take it apart a little bit because there are some really interesting things that maybe you've never thought about before. So picking up in verse 1, John chapter 2, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities so Jesus's mother told him they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, there was that was now wine, not knowing it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he rings out the less expensive wine. Now you have kept the best wine until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. So, at face value, it just sounds basically like a fun story where Jesus and his mom and a couple of friends go to a wedding, they run out of wine, and poof, Jesus converts some water into wine. But there actually is a whole lot more going on here than meets the eye, and I'd kind of like to do a bit of a deep dive in three minutes or less, if you will allow me. So... What's happening first? Okay, so they run out of wine, and Mary goes to Jesus and says, they have no more wine. And it sounds a little bit like Jesus gives her kind of a sassy answer. In my uh, translation, it says, dear woman, that's not our problem. In other translations, it says, woman, what's that to you and me? That was literally from the Greek, which sounds kind of strong. Or the RSV, which says, what do you have to do with me? And it sounds like there's a little bit of opposition going on between Mary and Jesus, right? In other words, how does this situation concern us? Which is actually a really good question because Jesus and Mary are both guests at the wedding. They're not in charge of anything at the wedding. And if you go to a wedding and they run out of wine, it's not really your problem, is it? It's the the host's responsibility to fix it. But then Jesus says something else sir. He says, my hour has not yet come. Or in my translation, my time has not yet come. Well, what, what does he mean by that exactly? Seems like a strange thing to say. Well, if we look at how old Jesus is when he goes to this wedding, this isn't when he was 13 or 15 or 22, he was actually 33. And if you know anything about Jesus, the time when he was crucified was when he was 33. So what he's actually saying when he says, my hour has not yet come or my time has not yet come is very, very prophetic. And he's, he's relating it back to Isaiah chapter 25. When the age of salvation comes, there will be a feast of fine wine, of fine on the less well refined, and all the nations will come to this feast. And when they drink of this wine and eat of the sacrificial banquet, they will swallow up death forever, and their sins will be forgiven. Basically what's happening is Jesus says, if I perform this miracle, my first miracle, the clock starts for me. And and from now until it is time for me to die is when the, the clock starts ticking. So that's what he means by that. It also goes on to say that standing nearby were six um, stone water jars. Each of them held 20 to 30 gallons. Do some quick math. That's up to 180 gallons of wine. That's a lot of wine. Also is a shout out to the Old Testament because wine is always representative of good, obedient Israelites. So a lot of wine equals something good. And that comes from Old Testament times. So what happens next is Jesus converts the water to wine and he tells uh, the Master of Ceremonies to to have a drink. Now, if you think of wine, now maybe it's just a paradigm, but I think I had always figured Jesus had turned it into red wine and it would be very obvious, but it says right here when the Master of Ceremonies tasted the wine, not knowing where it had come from, it implies that the wine was in fact white and you had to taste it to know that it was wine and no longer water so that's just an interesting tidbit that I learned in my New Testament class what happens next is the master of ceremonies um, congratulates the bridegroom for serving such wonderful wine and it doesn't give the name of the bridegroom but it calls him the bridegroom and what that is is that is the Greek for Jesus So, Jesus isn't just the king of Israel. He isn't just the Messiah or the Savior or the Son of God or the great teacher. He's all those things. But at the very onset of his ministry, at the heart of his ministry, he is a bridegroom. See, because in this moment, from the Old Testament, the bridegroom who provides the miraculous feast, who brings in the age of salvation, is God himself. And the Old Testament prophets describe God himself as the divine bridegroom. Remember, it wasn't the groom that changed it, it was Jesus. So, the wedding at Cana becomes a revelation both of Jesus' messianic identity, but also of his divine identity. He is the divine bridegroom who has come in person to inaugurate the great wedding supper of the Lamb, the feast of salvation, and the banquet of the kingdom of God so I hope you found that to be a little bit interesting it has nothing to do with you being home with the quarantine but hopefully you learned something new remember this is Feedback Friday so if I told you something that you hadn't heard before or that piqued your interest or that maybe brought up a question please feel free to message me back I hope you have a wonderful weekend be well thanks so much for listening today Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five and you can connect with me there.